What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my new series, Parish. My character, Gray Parish, was a getaway driver. I'm retired from life. You know that. He's in a world over his head. Tell me about this driver job. And he's asked to start to figure things out. I did what you told me to. He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am your host, Movie Mike. And do you like games? Well, today we're playing a game called Rags or Riches. Can you determine whether these actors are self-made or did they grow up with famous parents? That's the game we're playing today. And in the movie review, we'll talk about a movie called Do Revenge, which is out on Netflix. Speaking of famous parents, there's an actor in this movie with not one, but two really famous actors for parents. We'll talk about who they are and if it contributed to their career. And in the trailer park, we'll talk about the new Whitney Houston biopic called I Want to Dance with Somebody coming to theaters later this year. Thank you. Yes, you listening now for being subscribed and listening every single week shout out to the monday morning movie crew let's talk movies in a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast a man with so much movie knowledge he's basically like a walking imdb with glasses from the nashville podcast network this is movie mike's movie podcast Rags or Riches, that is the name of the game we are playing today. Can you determine, if I give you an actor, whether they were self-made or whether they grew up with famous parents? And before I get into this game, I didn't want to have this episode come off as like a negative tone of like, oh, look at these actors who grew up with famous parents and had everything handed to them. I think you do come from an advantage when you do have famous parents who can easily plug you into the industry. In some cases, some of these actors, it was because of their parents that they got their very first role. It's not always the case. And just because you have famous parents and you want to be an actor doesn't mean it's an automatic thing. There are other actors who have very famous actor parents or even very famous director parents. 
sometimes so big that you think, well, how come their career hasn't completely taken off? You still have to have the talent. You still have to have the drive. But yes, being born with an advantage of already being plugged into that industry, I think it does come sometimes a little easier when the money is there to grease the wheels, when the parents are there to connect you with the right people. So I do think you already start at an advantage. And I think just us as normal people, we like to hear stories about people who come from nothing. And I think with the way I grew up, I tend to identify with those actors and just celebrities in general more because of how I grew up. I think I've been dealing with that a lot recently of thinking of how much growing up in a trailer park, not having a lot of extras, having the bare minimum and seeing my parents struggle a lot just to put food on the table and to have things that myself and my siblings needed growing up. I feel like that kind of really shaped my work ethic. It shaped a lot of my moral fiber. And even though it wasn't the easiest way to grow up, I really think that if I didn't grow up that way, I wouldn't have the drive that I do now and be in the position I'm in. So that is always how I look at it. So I don't know what it was like for some of these people to grow up rich and have famous parents. But I think at the end of the day, even though you're given all the tools that come with having money, I don't think that automatically translates to success. But obviously, when you start to look into Hollywood, man, you realize how many people have famous parents and how many people got easily plugged in. But I'm just saying, yeah, if you have famous parents and you want to be an actor, I don't think you should hold that against them in the same way that my dad's a truck driver. If I wanted to be a truck driver, nobody would really look down on me because I took that same path and had the same connections because of my dad being a truck driver. But anyway, now that we've gotten so philosophical on a movie podcast, let's get into the game rags or riches. Starting first with one of the biggest Hollywood actors of all time, Leonardo DiCaprio, known for movies like Titanic, Inception, Wolf of Wall Street, The Revenant. Do you think Leonardo DiCaprio grew up with rags or grew up with riches? And the answer is Leonardo DiCaprio grew up in poverty. He did not have famous parents. He lived in a rough neighborhood in California. He was exposed to some pretty dark things growing up, including drug abuse. And he used to beg his mom to take him to auditions in order to escape the situation he was growing up in. And because of his drive and determination to want to be an actor, he was able to get a scholarship to a private elementary school. So maybe on paper you think, oh, he went to a private elementary school. He must have grown up rich at some point. That was not the case for Leonardo DiCaprio. In an interview, he said that he, in fact, grew up very poor and was able to come from that kind of background and become one of the richest actors ever to exist in Hollywood. And I can kind of see that with Leonardo DiCaprio, even though we do see the millionaire playboy partying on yachts, he does do a lot to give back to the environment, aside from taking a lot of rides in his private jet. But I feel like there is some humanitarian in him, some philanthropy in him that does exist, that he does use his platform and does use his money to give back to people. So with somebody like Leonardo DiCaprio, it is interesting to learn that starting out as such a young actor, I mean, going back to his very early days being on TV in his early movie roles, that he didn't grow up in the best situation, kind of puts some of that stuff into perspective. So at number one, Leonardo DiCaprio grew up in rags. Question number two, Angelina Jolie, did she come from rags or did she come from riches? Place your guesses now. 
Angelina Jolie, of course, known for numerous movies. The first movie that's coming to mind right now for some reason is Tomb Raider. Not even close to being her most famous movie, but movies like Girl Interrupted, Maleficent, Salt, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Did she come from rags or did she come from riches? The answer is she grew up in riches. Angelina Jolie actually has a very famous father, which I didn't learn until later because they use different last names. But her famous father is John Voight, who was a leading man long before she was ever on screen. He is known for movies like Anaconda, Midnight Cowboy. He was the jerk coach in Varsity Blues, which is one of the first movies that I remember seeing him in. And at that time, I had no idea he was Angelina Jolie's father. But her first acting role was actually in a movie called Looking to Get Out, which was a movie written by her dad. He also played the lead role in that movie. And she played, well, you guessed it, his daughter. And in that movie, she was credited as Angelina Jolie Voigt. Her father, John Voigt, is an Academy Award winning actor. And just like her father, Angelina Jolie also won an Oscar. But the odds of winning an Oscar are almost 1 in 12,000. So the odds of you winning an Oscar and your kid going on to win an Oscar are even slimmer than that, which is just fascinating to me. That just makes me think of people who are famous athletes and won Super Bowls and then their kids go on to win Super Bowls. There's probably just something in your DNA that you were already born with and destined to be that great. I do think Angelina Jolie was able to keep some of that separation by not using his last name. But if you guessed famous parents for Angelina Jolie and that she grew up in riches, you'd be correct. Number three, Drew Barrymore. Rags or Riches, known for her early work as a kid actor, E.T., also movies like Never Been Kissed, and movies like Fifty First Dates. Now she does a talk show, which is quite popular, and now you've probably seen her on TikTok. Drew Barrymore, Rags or Riches? And the correct answer is Riches, but that doesn't mean she had an easy childhood. She actually had two famous people in her family, her dad, John Drew Barrymore, who was an actor, and her grandfather, also John Barrymore. So Hollywood was really just in her blood coming from a Hollywood dynasty. And Drew Barrymore made her film debut when she was only five years old, which isn't that surprising when you have not only a famous dad, but also a famous grandfather. And again, just because you grow up with famous parents and grandparents and you have success as an actor, that doesn't mean you have a golden road before you as Drew Barrymore struggled with a lot of things being a child actor, just being so famous so early on in your life when your brain is still developing, all the crazy things she experienced because of, you know, being on a set all the time and the abuse and the struggles with drugs and alcohol that she had, which has been long documented and she's had an incredible career despite all those things in Hollywood has been in a lot of iconic movies and I just like that she now uses her voice and uses the struggle she's been through to kind of shed light on what it is to grow up as a kid actor. So Drew Barrymore did come from riches but didn't have the easiest road. At number five in the game, Tom Cruise, Top Gun himself, Mission Impossible, Vanilla Sky, Jerry Maguire, the list goes on and on. Say what you want about him as a person but did he grow up from rags or did he grow up with riches place your guesses in now and the answer for tom cruise he is 
from rags. He did not grow up with famous parents, did not grow up from a great situation. The actor had dyslexia when he was a child. He was bullied by his classmates and his life at home was described by him as miserable. He said his father wasn't a caring parent and as a result, he became a problem child. And in his later years, he asked his mom to let him leave the house. And after his parents were divorced and after he left, he even dropped his last name, which is Mapather. He is Thomas Cruz Mapather and just became Tom Cruise. And at 12 years old, he was an orphan. And that's when he decided to pursue what he felt was his destiny was to become an actor. And he left home with only a guitar and a duffel bag filled with some of his things. He later got a manager and lived in Manhattan and then became the Tom Cruise we know him as. And what I see in Tom Cruise, even though he seems pretty crazy and bizarre, he does have an astounding work ethic when it comes to even movies now that he does at his age, at the level of his career that he is. He still puts in a lot of hours and has a very designed way on how he likes to approach movies, how he is involved in every aspect of a movie from the soundtrack to the locations to his co-stars to the very actions performed inside of his movies which he is very involved in sometimes going to very extreme lengths and he has had major success doing that even now this year with Top Gun Maverick being one of the highest grossing movies of the year one of the highest grossing movies now of all time I think a lot of that comes from how you grow up, how we always go back to those things that drive us of not having the best life at home, not having all the things you wanted as a kid and being able to experience that later. So I do feel like some of that drive probably exists from that. And maybe some of the reasons that he is kind of screwed up sometimes can go back to him not having the best life at home as a kid and not having parents at all when he was 12 years old. So Tom Cruise grew up from rags and had a very interesting start to his early career. Now at number six, Gwyneth Paltrow. Do you think she grew up from rags or do you think she grew up from riches? Was she self-made or did she have some famous parents who helped her out along the way? And the answer for Gwyneth Paltrow is she grew up with riches. She is the daughter of actor Blythe Danner and director-producer Bruce Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow actually made her TV debut in a movie called High, which her dad wrote, directed, and produced. So her dad did give her her first role ever, gave her her start into the business. So that's a pretty big advantage. I almost feel like having a famous director or writer or producer feels like the easier plug and play because they can just put you in whatever they're working on right now. I think when you have a famous actor as a parent, it's more for the name recognition of people associating you with your parents and just seeing that last name of like, oh, it's so-and-so's kid. She kind of had it both, but kind of reversed in her way because her dad was Bruce Paltrow, who was this director and producer, and her mom was Blythe Danner, who you may recognize from Meet the Parents or Will and Grace. So both had some weight to their name, her mom being an actress since the 70s and her daughter coming along and being more famous than probably both of them combined at this point. Moving on now to number seven, Jennifer Aniston. Did she come from rags or did she come from riches? Jennifer Aniston, who obviously got her start as Rachel in Friends, but I've really become more a fan of her career post-Friends in movies, with movies like We're the Millers, Just Go With It, Horrible Bosses, Marley and Me. I think she does 
pretty good at comedies, even in movies like Bruce Almighty. So I really liked her work in movies. And probably more recently, I like her in The Morning Show, which kind of shows a little bit more of her dramatic side. She's done some drama movies like the movie Cake back in 2014. I think she's really just one perfect role away from having like an Oscar worthy performance. I can really see that in Jennifer Aniston. But going back to the game, rags are riches for Jennifer Aniston. And the correct answer is riches. She has a famous dad named John Aniston. He was a well-known star of the popular daytime drama Days of Our Lives in the 80s. So he was already pretty familiar with the television industry and thanks to her father, got her start in TV as well. So Jennifer Aniston, famous parents, grew up with riches. At number eight, Hilary Swank. Rags or riches? Did she have famous parents or is she self-made? Hilary Swank, who I first remember seeing as Julie in The Next Karate Kid back in 1994, actually has two Academy Awards to her name. She won in 2000 for Boys Don't Cry and then again in 2005 for Million Dollar Baby. But did she do it with the help of famous parents? And the answer is Hilary Swank grew up in rags she is self-made she grew up in a trailer park in washington state her mom was a secretary and a dancer and her father was in the oregon air national guard and later was a traveling salesman but she grew up in a trailer park with her mother until the age of 15 until her mom lost her job and the two moved out to california in hopes that hillary swank could make it in hollywood her dad was no longer in the picture, so it was her and her mom, and they slept in their car or at friend's home during this time, and later Hillary Swank ended up dropping out of high school. So I find myself relating with Hillary Swank. I also lived in a trailer park up until the age of 15. The trailer park will really shape you, and when I think about the trailer I grew up in, it was very small, and there was five of us in there. We couldn't have friends over. You can't really do all the things you see all the other people in school growing up. So it leads you to have a very kind of fascinating imagination or it leads you in some cases to do something creative, whether it be acting or music. There's just something that I feel when you grow up like that, you need a kind of escape. And if it's not something creative, sometimes it's negative, which is sad a lot of the times of seeing people around me go through very hard things. So not the easiest way to grow up, but I think you'll definitely be more appreciative of things later in life. So Hillary Swank grew up in rags. Next up at number nine, Sylvester Stallone, Rocky Balboa himself. Does he embody the character of Rocky of going from nothing to having it all? Or did he come from a family that was able to plug him into Hollywood? The name Stallone kind of sounds like a cool name. Maybe he had a famous dad. Maybe he had a famous director. What do you think? Rags or riches when it comes to Sylvester Stallone? The answer is rags. Sylvester Stallone and his younger brother Frank grew up with a rocky childhood, spending time in foster care due to his parents' hostile relationship. So didn't have famous parents, didn't even have parents who got along. He eventually ended up in Philadelphia living with his mom and her second husband, but they still continued to struggle. So Rocky, a.k.a. Sylvester Stallone, definitely had a hard childhood growing up. And he finally decided to leave Philadelphia in a leap of faith move to New York and started pursuing acting. He took up 
all kinds of odd jobs at this time, just trying to make ends meet, including cleaning lion cages at the Central Park Zoo, and then went on to write and star in one of the most famous sports dramas of all time, Rocky, which is an incredible franchise in itself, but he grew his career even further of just being one of the most recognizable faces in action movies, and now still continues to make movies. And he did it all from the ground up, so... Just like the character Rocky, he went from rags to riches. Next up at number 10, Jamie Lee Curtis, who you would know from movies like Halloween, Freaky Friday. Most recently, she's been in movies like Knives Out, or one of my favorite movies of the year, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Did she come from rags or did she come from riches? The answer is Jamie Lee Curtis had a famous mom, Janet Lee, which this is fascinating to me because if you don't know who Janet Lee is, she was in one of the most iconic horror movies of all time, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, in one of the most iconic horror scenes that even if you haven't seen Psycho, you are probably familiar with this scene that goes down in the shower. The movie is black and white, and it is Janet Lee, who is that woman in the shower who gets stabbed to that screeching soundtrack. She has that famous scream, so it's like mother, like daughter of Janet Lee also being a famous scream queen. You know, going back earlier to John Voight and Angelina Jolie both being Oscar winners, this is Jamie Lee Curtis and her mom Janet Lee both being in very memorable horror scenes. Psycho came out in 1960, and just 18 years later, her daughter Jamie Lee Curtis had her breakout role in the movie Halloween. In what I would consider a comparable iconic scene of whenever Michael Myers is tearing through the closet and you see Jamie Lee Curtis down there on the floor screaming as he's doing it. I think if you put together a list of iconic horror scenes, which I'll probably do next month in honor of Halloween in October, those two are definitely on that list. So Jamie Lee Curtis comes from riches with her famous mom, Janet Lee. So those were 10 actors. Five came from rags. Five came from riches. How did you do? Tally up your final score. Did you get any right? Hopefully you did. And even if you didn't do that well, maybe you learned some things in that episode. And that brings us to the movie review I'm about to do. And the reason I kind of thought of this topic is Maya Hawk is in this next movie called Do Revenge, which is on Netflix. And she has two famous parents who... Her mom is Uma Thurman and her dad is Ethan Hawke. And she almost looks like a splitting image of her mom and somehow her dad at the exact same time. And I've seen her out doing press for this movie saying that she hasn't seen some of her parents' biggest movies. She says she hasn't seen Reality Bites or any of the Kill Bill movies, which is fascinating to me because if I had two parents who were famous actors, I would immediately go watch every single one of their movies. And I know that's just because I love movies, but I would want that connection with my parents of like, oh, remember when you did this movie? I would ask them about that. I would want to get advice from them. I just can't imagine sitting on a library of movies starring your parents and you just not watch them, especially when you are out being an actor as well and starring in really big movies and TV shows now. I find that fascinating, but Maya Hogg, clearly with having two famous parents, grew up with riches. But even when I first saw her on Stranger Things, I didn't immediately think, oh, that's Uma Thurman's daughter or that's Ethan Hawke's daughter. It was kind of later that I realized the connection, even though her last name is Hawk. 
but I can definitely see a lot of Uma Thurman in her, but I feel like she has become an actor in her own right of really kind of having some breakout roles early on. So without a doubt, she has the talent aside from just having the name being recognizable. So we'll come back and talk about her new movie, Do Revenge, after this. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com this episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Let's get into that movie review now. It's a movie called Do Revenge, which is on Netflix as of this weekend. It's about two high school students named Drea and Eleanor. And the character Drea has just had a topless video of herself spread all over school by her at the time boyfriend. She is now being rejected by the school and all of her former friends. And then Eleanor in the movie has a rumor spread about her attempting to kiss another girl, which has also ruined her life. And the two decide to form a relationship to go after each other's bullies, which leads to the title of the movie. They are doing revenge for each other. So before I get into more details and what I thought about this movie, here's just a little bit of the trailer. Max ruined my life. I know what it's like to get buffed over by someone you thought you could trust. Carissa Jones, she started a nasty rumor about me. She told everyone that I tried to hold her down and kiss her. Turned me into this predator. She destroyed me. I wish we could hire people to take them down. We should team up and do each other's revenge. Don't you want to make her pay? I don't want to make her pay. I want to burn her to the ground. Whoa. <laughs> so I know oftentimes you've heard me do movie reviews and I always talk about the first 20 minutes of a movie, which I feel are the most pivotal. I feel like in those first 20 minutes, you can really decide whether a movie is going to be good or not. And I'll say this is a movie that kind of disproved my theory, it disproved everything I thought about those first 20 minutes because within the first 20 minutes of this one, I didn't really enjoy it. I didn't really know it, where it was going. I watched it with my wife. And in the first part of the movie, I asked her, like, what is this movie even about? It's a little bit all over the place at the start of it because it really sets the stage for the first character, Drea's life and her life in high school, which I also was trying to place where this movie was actually taking place at, as far as what age group we were looking at. And 
I didn't really like the stylistic approach at the beginning of this movie. And then later it introduced Maya Hawke's character, Eleanor, and how their two lives started to intertwine. And it was once those two characters actually came together on screen where I felt the movie really found its groove. It was able to find its footing and all these other kind of pieces that were all over the place and I didn't know which characters to focus on. That's when it really became the movie. So if you watch this movie at the beginning, I feel like it will feel almost like a lower production, less thought out teen drama, but it gets a lot better. And I ended up really enjoying this movie because it reminded me of a lot of things. I think this movie probably now is being compared to a modern day Mean Girls. I feel like it's Mean Girls mixed with the style of Never Been Kissed. And it was also kind of like if American Pie were to be made today. So the movie does warrant an R rating with some of the sexual stuff in there with some of the language and drug use. So in a way, it does feel like a modern take to a rated R comedy slash teen drama from the 90s and early 2000s and I think that is what I really ended up liking about this movie is it combined that 90s and early 2000s style with modern filmmaking and it really worked where I think sometimes when you try to do this it could feel kind of cheesy or gimmicky but they were able to do it with I would say one they have great actors, some recognizable people in there, including Sarah Michelle Gellar, who I did get from her character, some Cruel Intentions vibes. They do it with the power of wardrobe and costumes, which was really good in this movie, which also kind of made me think of Clueless and how important fashion was to that movie. That was definitely a big part in Do Revenge. And then you also have a lot of memorable characters, which is also pretty important in a movie like this. And that's probably what reminded me of American Pie. There were so many unique and funny characters in American Pie that really carried that movie. And I think that's exactly what Do Revenge did. And then what I felt like was the glue in this movie was the soundtrack. It combined modern music with Olivia Rodrigo and a lot of songs you probably heard on TikTok throughout but also a lot of songs from the 90s, like Third Eye Blind, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Harvey Danger. So I think hearing those songs and knowing that those were also used in some of my favorite movies from the 90s like this, it instantly kind of took me back to that. So I felt like this movie had those callbacks subtly and without having to reference a movie specifically, it did that. And since the movie was able to do that subtly, it also worked in giving this movie its own voice and giving this movie its own unique style, which I just haven't quite seen a movie nail that yet. And there were a lot of funny moments in this movie throughout. This movie had really witty writing, which was at the forefront. And I think why it does remind me so much of Mean Girls, not just because it's set in high school, not just because you have girls going after other girls and social cliques and people trying to manipulate and sabotage other people's lives. I think that's kind of the easy part that's identifiable with Mean Girls. But I think it reminds me so much of that movie is because of the writing, because of the script, which Tina Fey, you know, wrote Mean Girls. I felt like that was almost the blueprint movie that made this movie successful of having a story to tell with a fun plot, some twists and some turns. And overall, just something that is entertaining all the way to the very end. Some breakout performances in this movie. Of course, Maya Hawke, who I thought her character was 
a great representation of her acting abilities, which I am most familiar with her work on Stranger Things. And I really like her character in that. But she does play a much different person in this movie, which was cool to see her and not think, oh, it's just her from Stranger Things again. So she was probably my favorite part of this movie. Also, Austin Abrams, who you've probably seen in a lot of things recently, maybe aren't too familiar with his name. He's also in Euphoria. He was in an Amazon movie I liked called Chemical Hearts. And he was in Paper Towns back in 2015. I feel like he is one of the highlights of this new Hollywood blood in their mid-20s. I think he's 26 years old. Maya Hawk is 24 years old. So there is this kind of class of actors right now that are really making a name for themselves and I feel are on their way to be A-list actors. Although I don't think the level of A-list actor will ever be the same ever again. There are just too many avenues. There are Netflix movies, there are box office movies, there are indie movies. There's just different levels of fame when it comes to being an actor that I don't think will ever really achieve that true Hollywood A-list blockbuster star anymore. So I'm not saying he is the next major heartthrob like the next Brad Pitt or Bradley Cooper. I think those kinds of actors we won't really see anymore. But I think right now he is reaching whatever the height of that level is. And then you also have some fun cameos from Sophie Turner and like I said earlier, Sarah Michelle Gellar, who her character in this movie was actually inspired by her character in Cruel Intentions. So the whole thing kind of just ties together very nicely. And the entire plot of this movie was inspired by Alfred Hitchcock's Strangers on a Train. And I just found this movie really entertaining, especially because I didn't have the highest expectations going in. And I kind of thought it was just going to be another one of these teen style movies that Netflix has been putting out that they're just making to appeal to a younger audience to get people over into Netflix. But it pretty much blew away my expectations and ended up being one of my favorite movies like this in quite a while. If this were a movie that came out in the mid 2000s around movies like Mean Girls or movies like Super Bad, I think this would be a major movie that would go on to make a lot at the box office and be movies that we look back on as modern day classics. It just has those elements to it. And I think the last thing that I really enjoyed about this movie was that Netflix level production. It had that kind of film color palette that Netflix has been using in their projects. It had those really sleek camera movements and the cinematography in this just really kind of took it on another level. Again, paired with that wardrobe, this movie just had a very fresh, bright, and eye-capturing feel to it. It just kind of felt like a nice treat for my brain. So when it comes to Do Revenge... I would give it four out of five hacked phones. I think if you're a fan of R-rated comedies, again, it does have sexual content and drug use. Or if you want to feel nostalgic without having to watch a reboot, I think that is the real headline here. Giving me 90s and 2000s vibes without being just a cash grab version of a movie we've all seen. So that is what I think about Do Revenge. I'm late.
Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. It's time to head down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. Today we are talking about a new biopic coming out on December 21st. It is called I Want to Dance with Somebody and it is the story of Whitney Houston, which I've been waiting for them to make this movie for a very long time. I think a lot of what they were trying to really get down is who is going to play Whitney Houston and they have Naomi Aki who I don't feel like she entirely looks like Whitney Houston and the point I always make when it comes to any biopic because people always get so up in arms about them looking identical to the person they're portraying which is a big part of it but I think a lot of that comes with the wardrobe a lot of that comes with the hair and the makeup and I greatly see that done in this trailer. And I think what they really kind of believed in when casting Naomi Aki is how much she was able to embody Whitney Houston, her onstage presence, the way that she speaks, which is way more important than looking like her. And I mean, Naomi Aki is British and I had no idea by watching this trailer. So when it comes to the casting here, I think they did a really great job with her. If they have people who were close to Whitney Houston and said when they saw her audition, they were blown away. I think that speaks volumes above anything else that some troll is saying in the YouTube comments. So Before I get into what I think about what this movie will possibly do for the legacy of Whitney Houston and whether I think this will be a good adaptation of her life or not, here's just a little bit of the I Want to Dance with Somebody trailer. What's your name again? Whitney Elizabeth Houston. My dream, sing what I want to sing, be how I want to be. I say a prayer with every heartbeat. Reach as big an audience as I can. A common criticism of you, your music isn't black enough. Look, I don't know how to sing black, and I don't know how to sing white either. I know how to sing. So this will be Naomi Aki's biggest role to date. I know her primarily as Jana from Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. And I think nailing the role of Whitney Houston is a role of a lifetime 
Now, I often thought that I was a fan of music biopics growing up. I always just felt like they were my favorite because I love music so much too growing up. But kind of looking back on them, there really only been a handful that I would even consider my favorite movies out of the hundreds and hundreds that get made. And growing up more, seeing people like Elton John or Freddie Mercury get their treatment, which the writers of Bohemian Rhapsody also wrote this movie, which is interesting. I feel like sometimes they just feel a little bit rushed. They kind of gloss over a lot of the main points of their life in order to make them seem like the biggest thing ever, which is fine. I think we watch these movies because we are fans of their music, and especially when it comes to icons like Whitney Houston. I just feel like sometimes they're a little bit rushed and don't get into a lot of the struggles that these artists have gone through to get and to feel more gratifying when they do end up reaching those big moments, and especially with a life like Whitney Houston, who obviously we all know the tragedy she had throughout her life, what ended up leading to her death. It's a very sad story. And it kind of comes down to what kind of movie the filmmakers want to make. And with this one, I was actually kind of happy that the trailer didn't focus on that because if they put that at the forefront for Whitney Houston, I think it would be kind of discrediting a lot of the great things in her career and focusing on some of the positive with her. But I do think when you make a movie like this, if they do completely gloss over that, it won't feel like it's fully telling her story. And this movie does have a very polished and a very... I don't want to say like lifetime movie feel to it, but it does feel very bright throughout the trailer. And some of the parts that I don't like in this trailer is that the CGI is so distracting. And when creating a movie of somebody who has dealt with some very hard things in their life, I feel like the CGI kind of takes out any realness or rawness to this trailer that I was kind of expecting. So I hope that this movie didn't kind of cut some corners of not using some of the same original sets or maybe some of those bigger concerts would be easier to replicate with the power of a green screen, which kind of looks like what they did when recreating that iconic scene of her singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl, which is hands down, I think, the best performance of that song by any famous person ever. And not to say that movies like Bohemian Rhapsody didn't do the same thing of recreating Live Aid with the power of CGI as well. I know that movies do this, sometimes we just don't notice, but it is so noticeable in this trailer that I hope it's just not distracting throughout the entire thing. So aside from that CGI, I think this movie does look promising as a big studio biopic. Because let's be real, they rarely get it right. But even with movies like Elvis being very theatrical and almost fairy tale like I think if that style is made apparent throughout the entire movie, and if it is supposed to be that theatrical, they kind of have to establish that early on. It can't go back and forth between giving us this realistic set in the normal world type of movie and then pulling us into some CGI that really takes us out of it. And then in this movie, the other thing I do like that they are actually using Whitney Houston's real life voice. They aren't having Naomi Aki or anybody else recreate it. They are using her real vocals, which is really important for a singer like Whitney Houston because nobody sounded like her. Nobody could even attempt to recreate those vocals. So I think keeping some authenticity to the movie and really doing her 
justice as a person and as an artist, I'm glad they decided to actually use her singing voice. And where Naomi Aki really comes in is just having to embody her essence on stage and in interviews and shedding light to her life story that I hope we are able to learn a lot from watching this movie. So I Want to Dance with Somebody comes out in theaters on December 21st. And that was this week's edition of Movie Minds Trailer Park. And that's going to do it for another episode here of the podcast. Before I hop out of here, every single week I give a listener shout out. If you're new to the podcast, that just means I go through my comments on Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter, or DMs on Instagram to see anybody giving me feedback on the episode, giving me their thoughts on movies I recommended, or just saying they're a fan of the podcast. And today's listener shout out goes to Rachel Bond who sent me this message in response to the good comedy, bad comedy episode saying, have to say, I disagreed with you on your Jack and Jill dislike, but then you said you had to include it because your mom loves it. And I laughed and thought maybe it's just a mom thing. Thanks for another great episode. That's from Rachel. So thanks, Rachel. I still stand by Jack and Jill having an important place in my heart because it is one of my mom's favorite comedies, even though as a whole is a pretty bad movie. But if you missed that episode, it's a couple episodes back where I gave you one good comedy movie to check out and another similar comparable movie that is a bad comedy. So if you missed that one, just go back a couple episodes in the feed and check that out. And until next week, go out and watch good movies and I will talk to you later. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.